Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Hey, we're talking a little sales fails today. I, uh, I'm feeling a, a, especially a little spicy talking about this because I'm getting a little winded by some of the sales techniques that I'm seeing in my inbox. You're probably getting some in your inbox that has driven you up the wall, driven you crazy. And I want to talk today about some of these sales fails. First of all, welcome to the Good Advice Podcast. Thanks for checking it out. Uh, if you want to find out more about our podcast, you can actually find it on literally any podcast platform. And don't forget, you can check out more about the podcast on our Patreon, where you can be a subscriber to the podcast. You can also get your business uh, advertised on the podcast. So it's kind of a cool deal. So check out patreon.com slash good advice to find out more about that. But talking about sales today on the podcast and, um, you know, I might just need to start a new series literally called Sales Fails because it feels like over and over and over again, we keep running into the same problems in the sales world. Now, wherever you are in your sales process, you may be someone who you don't handle sales at all. Maybe you manage people who are selling. Uh, Maybe it's an entirely different department that you even work in, or maybe you're an aspiring entrepreneur and you have found out that, wow, sales is really difficult. You know, I have this business that is my baby that I'm really excited about. You know, I'm really excited to share about it. I'm excited to talk about it and getting people to buy from me. This is a whole new ball game. This is something that's a little challenging to really figure out. So what I want to do today is I want to talk about yet another thing you need to make sure you avoid in your sales process, something you want to make sure you don't do. And it comes from my friend who emailed me today. Uh, I call him my friend because I can only empathize. This is a guy who's out in the sales world. He's trying to make it happen. And he made probably the gravest error that you can make in your sales process. So let me get this email up real quick. I'll read it to you. So he gave me this email, and there's a couple of things he does wrong in this, but I want to I want to really focus on like the one thing you want to make sure you don't do. Uh, so he emails me and he says, "Hey Blake, small and mid-sized businesses like Good Gear Hockey have found that they are able to respond to customers 40% faster once they've made the switch to our service. Uh, my name is Parker. I'm an account manager at this business. Through implementing our solutions, my customers have been able to increase customer satisfaction and simplify their agent's workload. What's the easiest way to show you a demo? Looking forward to hearing from you. Signed, you know, whatever. Now, I don't know if you picked up on this. This might even be your first podcast to listen to, uh, which if it is, hey, nice to meet you. Thanks for checking out the podcast. I hope you check out more about the podcast. But if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're watching this on social media, you'll notice the logo in my background. What does it say? It says, good advice. That's actually, it's it's not just a random quip I came up with. It's the name of my business. The business is literally called good advice. That's it. Uh, it's... There's no deep meaning behind it. I just thought, hey, I want to give good advice to growing businesses. And so this guy in his first line in his email to me, in pitching to me, 
He says, small and mid-sized businesses like your business, Good Gear Hockey. Huh. Good Gear Hockey. Now, I'm looking back behind my shoulder. I don't see Good Gear Hockey anywhere on this banner behind me. Uh, I don't even know how you get Good Gear Hockey from Good Advice. And so, if you're an aspiring business owner and someone wants you to buy from them, and they can't even get the name of your business right, what are the odds you'd ever want to do business with them? See, this is one of the, the, the biggest problems in the selling world today is that we've, we've lost our sense of communicating individuality to the people that we're selling to. And here's what I mean by this. More often than not, People don't want to be just another number for your service. I don't want to be customer number 48 of your you know, 60 customers you acquired this year. I don't want to be just another uh, invoice that you mail out. If I'm going to trust you with my finances, if I'm going to trust you with part of the direction of my business, I want to know that I individually matter to your business. Now, it's not about ego. It's not about pridefulness. It's not about selfishness. It's just that I only want to do business with people who care somewhat. They don't have to care a ton, but they care somewhat about my business. You know, my dreams, ambitions, where do I want to take good advice? What do I want to see happen with good advice? The things that I want to see happen three months, six months, five years down the road. I want people who are not totally committed to that vision, but at least somewhat interested in that vision. Think about it. A salesperson who's, who's, who's asking, hey, where do you want to take good advice? And it's not a copy-paste question of, hey, what do you want to happen in your future? It's literally, what do you want to happen to good advice? Where do you want this business to go? What do you foresee happening for your business? Okay, I think I can help you with that. I think I can help you specifically take your business, your specific business to the next level and make happen what you want to see happen. You know, if you think about the business as a whole, I want to carve out a tiny little space there that I can I can provide actual meaningful value towards. That is what makes an effective salesperson. They're creating the sense of, I'm interested in your business specifically. Again, we're not talking about people being obsessive over your business or stalking you where they know everything about you and how did you, you know, the previous job you were in and why did you quit and why did you start this business and how much money are you in debt for the business or, you know, what your P&L and like, they don't need to know every single detail and frankly, it's none of the business anyway. And I don't know any salesperson, I mean, it'd be a bit crazy and strange if they did care on that granular of a level. But business owners like it when they know that the people selling to them aren't just caring about their own bottom dollar, but that they are legitimately providing a service to help. It's interesting that people who've come on the podcast over the last couple of years, I've had all sorts of different guests, and some of them have been really, um, I mean, they've all been fine guests for the most part, but I've had some who've come on who have been just incredible guests, incredible in their own right. I mean, they are running a successful business. They're making it happen. They, they In many cases, they're running multiple businesses, and it's interesting the common theme that keeps coming up as they talk about running a successful business. 
when they talk about the sales pipeline and actually having people who are raving fans of their business, it's those customers that they legitimately cared about and that they really almost desperately had this passion for serving. I want to make sure my customers are taken care of. I want to make sure my customers get the results that I promised them. And we don't always do this. And in fact, I, I think right now it's, it is a risky business because of social media, because right now, and I, and I give digital marketers a really hard time about this. We live in a culture that it's, it's, it's by my ebook. It's by my course. It's by my, you know, what have you. And it's very transactional. It's for $17. You can get this for $47, you know, for the high ticket people, you know, Hey, for this many thousand dollars, these are the results that you're going to get. And I'm seeing this posted again and again and again, and it's so transactional. It's all about volume. I'm going to, I'm going to reinvest back into my ad manager to try to get this many clicks, this many conversions. And if it doesn't work, it's my customer's fault. It's their fault. And I've heard people say this where I've had, I've had people in certain groups who've talked about, you know, I have customers who are, they're trying to get refunds. What's wrong with them? What, you know, how do I keep them from doing this? And I always kind of laugh and sit back and think, well, if you are delivering on what you asked, then your customers won't want a refund. You know, we, we especially get kind of in the weeds on like refund policy and like what's in the writing, what's in the contract, all of these different things. And I, and I get it. You know, you need these things to some extent, but on the same token, if you are delivering what you say you're going to deliver, then it's, it's sort of a non-issue, right? But in today's business, what's happened is we're trying, we're so desperately thinking about ROI and next sale and getting that next customer and getting them, you know, getting the invoice paid. And now we can move on to someone else that, that we're, we're losing sight of the concept of building your tribe, building your tribe, building your raving fans, finding people who love to do business with you. And they want to do business with you again and again and again. I have people that I call for random reasons, like totally unrelated to business, but they are such raving fans of mine that just in a, it's not a sales call. It's like a random, Oh, Hey, by the way, I needed to get this to send, you know, something off to you in just a random phone call. They are asking for more of my business because I've taken care of them because I've, I've delivered this sense of individuality to them. Now, this isn't a hard to understand concept, but it is something that will create discomfort in you if you are not comfortable with the patience that's required to actually build these raving fans. Because think about this, this email that I got from this gentleman, he probably was given a list with, you know, hundreds or dozens of, excuse me, business owners names. He probably mass emailed them. And I would assume for him and this company, which this company is a national brand, it's actually, uh, I'm, I'm feeling a little torn because it's a company that I've actually spoken about and uh, really promoted for their internal uh, processes. It's a company that I've promoted in presentations that I've talked about. And so now I'm feeling a bit uncomfortable because I'm thinking, well, dang, I've I've bragged about this company. Now I'm seeing firsthand that it's not quite what I've even said or what it's even appeared to be like to me. 
But so I'm sure this person got this massive list. Um, and this actually isn't the first time that I've gotten an email directed to me where my business, the wrong business name is in the title or in the first line. Well, for the last person who did this to me, they emailed me, uh, they emailed me a second time and I, and probably what's happened. And if you're not familiar with the sort of underworkings of this whole thing, very rarely does someone um, in this whole mass email, mass sell world, rarely does someone legitimately follow up. Now, that, that may sound strange to you, and it's why there is so much power in a genuine follow up. But typically what happens is not only are they giving being given these massive lists with people's names and emails on it, but they're also automating the stuff. And so maybe the the person's name is automatically changed, uh, but they aren't they aren't handwriting this. It's not, hey, I'm really excited to meet you. It's it's an automated script that goes out. And part of that automation is it's also telling them if the email got opened or not. And so if the email got opened, they're getting sent an automatic follow-up email that says something like, hey, I noticed you saw my last email, or maybe that's creepy, maybe that weirds people out. So maybe it's a little bit more uh, passive than that. Maybe it's, hey, I was just thinking about you again, or you came to mind as I was thinking about great businesses, you know, wink, wink. Have you thought any more about my offer? I would love to help you. And so you as the naive business owner, you're like, oh, wow, they were thinking of me. They weren't really thinking of you. They, they, your email, you got flagged for opening the first one. And so you were automatically sent the next one. But so this person had emailed me. Uh, I opened the email, uh, not necessarily because I wanted to, but because the way my inbox works is it always just automatically opens the most recent email. Uh, and so for better or worse, I'm like, shoot, I just opened the spam email. So I got this follow-up from this person and they said, hey, I'd love to tell you more about this. And then they mentioned my business. They said the wrong business name a second time. And I thought, you got to be kidding me. So I'm starting to get a little irritated. I'm thinking like, and it's not, it's not even so much ego of like, how do you not know my business? I don't care. It's more of like, golly, like, come on, like, this is so basic. This is just sales 101. Well, a couple of days go by, I get a third email. And again, the business name is wrong. They say the wrong name for the business. And I'm thinking, what is wrong with these people? So I sent an email back and I just politely said, hey, I probably won't ever do business with you. The reason why is because it's not good gear hockey. It's just good advice. And if you had demonstrated just the slightest bit of intentionality, the slightest bit of patience and just looked into it, then you would have known that. And you would have caught my interest rather than instead telling me, hey, here's a business that is probably not worth your dollar because I'm so disinterested in who you are as a brand, as a company, as a salesperson, as a business owner, what have you. All I care about is my bottom line. All I care about is getting that next sale. And so I'll send out the mass emails. I'll automate the follow-ups. I won't put any sort of intentionality or any sort of value on the individual connection. And I'll just hope for the best. It'll be just a numbers game. If I, you know, if I can send out a thousand, if I convert 1%, I guess that's good enough for me. See, that's the problem in today's business world. And this person actually did respond, by the way. They were the head of business development, which is surprising to me. And they said, you're right. I messed up. I should have been more patient or I should have been more intentional in learning more about who you were as a business owner. And I'm sorry for that. 
which I thought was a polite response, you know? But so here we go again, someone emailing me with the wrong business name, and I can't help but think if we could just slow down and create that sense of intentionality, people would be so much more willing to do business with us. I mean, think about this. Here's what we typically do when it comes to a sales call or a, or a, a cold pitch or what have you. Typically what we do is, uh, and by the way, if you've never read How to Win Friends and Influence People, this is a, a really basic concept from this book. It's from Dale Carnegie. And, and when I read this, I thought, oh my gosh, this is this has become the problem in the sales world. But how a typical sales DM, email, whatever goes is, hey, Blake, great to meet you, love what you're doing, you know, whatever cheesy tagline there is at the start of the email. And then they begin to gloat and brag about all the things that they've done. You know, we've been able to increase productivity by 18%. We've been in business for this many years. We've served this many customers, yada, yada, yada. Uh, can we jump on the phone together or can I show you a demo or can we get on a call or what have you? And it's the wrong perspective to take because you're not communicating individuality with that message. What you're actually communicating is ego. Uh, our brand is so freaking amazing that you'd be lucky. You'd be lucky to work with us. You should be. You should be eager to work with us because we are that awesome. But I'll tell you, people don't buy that way. They, or I should say, they rarely buy that way. Uh, there are a couple of brands that people are such. They're so feverish over that just bragging about themselves, uh, those brands get those customers. And that's fine. That's okay. Uh, my mom has joked that she will forever buy the next iPhone brand because she's such a huge fan of it. And so whenever the new, you know, they uh, what's the keynote that they do once a year where they talk about all the features? I mean, there are people who legitimately are excited about that. That's fine. I'm going to guess that your brand is not Apple, though. I'm going to guess that your brand is not this mega, you know, incredible, like top 100 company in the world. I'm going to guess that's probably not you. I'm going to guess that more often than not, you are running a business that your prospective clientele either has never heard of or they have vaguely heard of you. And even in vaguely hearing about you, I will go ahead and tell you this truth. They do not care about you. They don't care about what you've accomplished. They don't care about all the successes you've had, how amazing you are, and all the achievements that you've accomplished. They don't care. And it's not, it's not out of like harshness or out of selfishness. It's that the way we operate as people, what is top of mind for us? Usually it's ourselves. Usually it's our own problems. You know, I was, I was talking to my wife. We were, we're, we're both uh, religious people. We're Christians. And I was saying, man, I, I, I need to start training my mind when I pray to pray for other people instead of always praying for myself because that's what's so normal. It's like me, 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 me. That's, that's, that's this part of me uh, as a human being is I can't help but think about myself first. We are just naturally selfish beings, and it's okay to say that. It's not okay, though, to make that our lens for how we approach life. I mean, think about this. No marriage can work if I'm always thinking about my needs first. A successful marriage is one where I'm able to put my wife's needs before my own, my kids' needs before my own. I'm not saying that you are, uh, you know, you're totally 
ignoring your own needs. I'm not saying you're totally just, you know, throwing everything you could ever want by the wayside, but I am saying that it's rare you find any success when you are desperately seeking me, 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 me. Business is no different. It doesn't work that way in the sales world. When you approach a conversation from, here's all the things that I've done, here's why I'm so freaking phenomenal, people just aren't, they don't buy that way. The way people buy is you start a conversation and you give them that sense of individuality. You know, I got an email the other day from someone who they do a podcast service. They help promote podcasts. And he said, hey, Blake, I got, I listened to your podcast, the Good Advice podcast. I loved your episode with this person. Hey, when you said this one line, it really resonated with me. And here's why. See, now I'm all ears. Now I'm like, okay, I want to know more about this guy. This guy, he paid attention to me. He did a little bit of digging on me. Now, now probably, I mean, an episode's 40 minutes long. He probably just clicked on one and heard one line. And, and that's fine. You know, I'm not like, I'm not like, did you really though? But I am already this person now is heads and shoulders above the next random email I got in my inbox because now I know this person actually, there's a, there's a level of individuality there and there's an interest there as to what, who I am and what I'm trying to accomplish with my business. This is someone who is really understanding how to play the sales game. You know, emailing someone and saying, hey, uh, I liked, I actually literally, I, so I made a post on social media about this email I got of like, can't we just get the stinking name right when we DM someone? And I got an email right after that, someone asking if good advice would be a sponsor for an, an entrepreneurship event coming up. And this person said, hey, I read your post. I loved it. Here's what I saw from you. Hey, by the way, I'd love for you to consider supporting this, this entrepreneurial event. And so this is someone who now, rather than just, I'm thinking spam, 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 you know, now I'm thinking, okay, this is someone who is, they're creating the sense of individuality. They're letting me know that I'm individualized to their efforts, that I matter, that there's an interest there as to who I am, what my business is doing. And, and there's, there's a connection there, you know? So we make sales so hard, but it's because we're trying to make it harder than it has to be. By making shortcuts, honestly, by being impatient, by trying to sell everyone in the first go around people, by the way, rarely buy the first time they talk to you because people typically where they spend their money is in some way it's where they trust. So they spend monies where they trust, whether that's a brand that they know and like, or if it's going to be you, they've at least developed enough of a relationship to believe and trust that the results you say you can accomplish, you actually will accomplish. I mean, think about times you get on Amazon and you go to the reviews and you start scrolling through. What are people saying about this? You know, what were people saying four days ago about this product they received? That's how you build trust with people. You rarely create it on the first go around or without a large amount of evidence of people who can speak towards that trust. But we don't have patience for this anymore. I've told the story a couple of times. I had a gentleman who uh, I, I jokingly have said I felt like he was stalking me because I got an email. I got a phone call. Uh, I got I even got a phone call on my personal cell phone number because I have like my business number. And then I have my personal cell phone number. And this was someone who was wanting to do business with me. They said, hey, I'd love to work with good advice. I'd love to show you this stuff, yada, yada, yada. 
And eventually I was, um, uh, I don't know if impressed is the right word. I was more just empathetic with this person's really trying to get my attention. And so I said, Hey, uh, I would, I, I can tell you right off the get go. I'm not going to buy from you. I just don't need what you're selling. It's not anything personal. I just don't need it. But if it would be valuable to you, I'd be more than happy to get on the phone with you, hear what it is you have to offer, and then refer people to you who might be a good fit for you. Because I was, I was thinking this person's really trying hard and sales is a tough game. And even though I'm not a buyer, this person's really worked hard to get my attention. I can, I can in the very least try to connect them to some other prospective buyers. This person never took me up on the offer. And it's, it's almost like, well, you aren't going to buy from me. So deuces. See ya. I mean, this person, I mean, think about this. We've, we've lost our sense of long-term thinking of patience, of relationship building. And, and again, I've said it so many times today, understanding how you create this sense of intentionality and individuality with the people you're selling to. It does not take a lot of work. It does not take a lot of work. I have people, I have relationships that I've built on LinkedIn and I've never mass emailed or mass messaged anyone on LinkedIn, uh, but I have uh, manually added hundreds of people on LinkedIn. And for every person I've added, I have never, ever added someone and done a copy and paste message. Literally 100% of the time, every time I've got on their profile, I've looked at what kind of articles they've written. I've looked at what they've been talking about. I've looked at their website and the kinds of content that's on there. And I only look for 30 seconds to a minute. That's it. But just so I can know, what do they care about? What are they talking about? And then I write them a letter or I write them a message, excuse me, and I reference that article. I say, hey, I love what you're saying here. Man, I'd love for us to be connected. That'd be really valuable for me. Would that be okay? And and it's amazing how people just, it's this sense of relief of, oh, it's not another random spammer which is most of LinkedIn connections. Hey, I like what you're doing. You accept it. Hey, can I tell you about this offer I have? That's the majority of it. It's amazing the relief people show when they're like, oh my gosh, you are a real person and this is a real relationship. And oh my gosh, I don't have to get spammed by yet another person. Create a little patience in your sales process. Create a little individuality in your sales process. Again, it doesn't take much. We're not talking about, you don't, you don't need to learn someone like the place they were born and like all the details of their childhood and like, do they like Coke or Diet Coke? I mean, you don't have to sleuth over this person, but you can spend 30 seconds to a minute. That's it to create this sense of, I have a hundred DMs or a hundred pitches in my inbox to make this person go to the top. Hey, that's all we got today. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Hey, if you're a first time listener, what the heck you waiting on? Click that subscribe button so you can keep getting good advice wherever you are. And of course, if you are so inclined, we'd so appreciate a five-star review from you. By the way, like I mentioned at the start of the episode, check out that Patreon, patreon.com slash goodadvice. I'd appreciate a cup of coffee from you. Uh, or if nothing else, you can absolutely become a sponsor of the podcast, get your business promoted on the podcast, and also get some of our exclusive content. I'd be happy to share it with you. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you later. See ya.